your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Kind of a kind of a sad Thursday, Brad. A little bit, little bit of a downer. A the rotary sad. lights. You were, you were looking up rotary lights, and you had a whole like display of lights. Like, if you were going to Home Depot. <laughs> Yeah, Home Depot is trying what, to sell me what stuff. What we know of rotary lights is what's at Riverside Park, but unfortunately, at least for tonight, it looks like they won't be open. They weren't open last night because of the weather that was coming and the weather hit. Yeah, the mayor's office and the Parks and Rec Department made a, a good call, I would say, oh, yeah. by canceling rotary lights last night and uh, for the first time in 26 years. And then uh, today they, they get out there and, and clearly... Uh, you saw a couple of the big tents the, down. And, two of the biggest uh, things that are brought into the park during rotary lights, you got the ice castle, which is basically a large plastic tent. And that, we are told, was was picked up by the winds and moved about 10, 20 feet to the north. And that left uh, basically all of the... Uh, the risers and the, the seats and the tables that would normally be inside the ice castle which way they were supposed to have a concert by Tug there inside the castle tonight. That's not happening. But, uh, in fact, not, not much is happening except cleanup at this point. And uh, they are not sure when they are going to reopen, but Pat Stevens uh, of the Rotary Lights says they are working out a way to finish the season. Last two weeks of the right of the lights. Yeah, so two hours ago they did post that at this point we will be closed tonight. We knew that. Uh, we hope to be back open tomorrow night. So, so maybe right. there's some so, some hope here that they're 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 going to be back open. They were now. Tony said uh, in the in the in the KQ studio that uh, they weren't looking for volunteers. But I'm not sure. I don't see that on their Facebook page anymore. That they are or aren't looking for volunteers. So generally, they when they want volunteers, they get them. They get quite a lot of people who are able to help yeah out. we call them the rotary lights army i don't know if you knew that uh that makes sense to me i mean and this is the second big problem that they have had to deal with this year the first one of course being somebody stole uh, some of the electrical equipment before the rotary lights started this year and they had to get that fixed so uh, that that was before the season started and then they kicked it off uh, thanksgiving weekend and things went well up until mother nature Got ornery this week. And, uh, and uh, the, yeah, the other thing I was going to talk about, maybe the ice castle, but also the igloo, which is at the north end of the park, which is, again, another smaller plastic tent. That got blown and uh, shoved into a light post. The irony that the it, fish lab. The irony that an igloo can't withstand the weather. Yeah. But it wasn't an I, actual on, on igloo. a 69-degree day like yesterday <laughs> was. Yeah, it's true. It was 70 degrees out, which was a record, right? It I think was there a was record, a, yes. Um, didn't it blow the old uh, lacrosse record? Uh, uh, almost By 17 off. degrees, And yes. that record was from 1923? 1923. So a 98-year-old record right. blown away by 17 and degrees yesterday. We, we went through the entire month of November without a 69-degree day, and uh, the last one was October 20th before yesterday. Um, so are we going to get the ice rink going pretty soon? I was walking around rotary lights just before. It's, it was it, pretty cool. This morning, the way it was feeling, yeah, you could you could have turned on a hose probably and gotten an ice <laughs> rink right there. But uh, I, I think now probably we are going to have the colder weather, and they may be able to get an ice rink going for the last, uh, well, for Christmas week well, anyway. And I think, I don't know, do they, I feel like they leave the ice rink up. And they, at, they do leave it up for, past, for as long as it lasts. Years, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right. Anyone wants to go rotarylights.org. Uh, they, they, if you want to go contact them or maybe maybe send them a message to the Rotary Lights comma lacrosse Facebook page. I guess it'd be facebook.com slash rotarylights and uh, send them a message. You know, if you want to donate, if you want to uh, let them know that you're willing to volunteer, uh, I would I would bring stocking cap and gloves. I haven't seen any official word on the helicopter rides, which we're supposed to start tonight. But uh, seeing that the exhibit, the the display itself is going to be shut down, I don't know if they're doing that. But you know, that's that's why the Rotary Lights has a website and a Facebook page, and so you can keep up to date that way. I didn't see any helicopters out there. I was no. just out there. Didn't see any. Um, and last night would have been a terrible night to fly a helicopter. All right. So. Or anything. Um, all right. Yeah, and they, they said the, 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 you know, I talked to the weather guy yesterday. He said the wind was going to die down enough that the helicopter rides would have been fine. And the helicopter people also said, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, but not if, the, not if the thing isn't going. So maybe they'll schedule right. it a different weekend or maybe they'll or, start uh, up they tomorrow. they might be able to just do three nights instead of four is what it sounds like. I yeah. don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out. And uh, it was also a, an interesting day that uh, kind of a celebration at the Southside uh, Community Center for a lot of the people who didn't want the north-south corridor built, and now it's not going to be built. Well, there's that, and there's also, can you, you don't have this story up yet, but the the guy that we allegedly started a fire yesterday morning that right. killed a dog, and he was pointing a gun at someone, pointing apparently. Pointing a gun at his father, apparently. At his father. Okay, do we, what happened in court today, do you he know? He made his first appearance, and he's being charged with nine counts. And uh, he's in jail on ten thousand dollars cash bond. He'll have a another hearing next week. Okay. Do we know if he did? He, does he say in court at all? Like, hey, I didn't do this, or I'm, I'm. It, I haven't seen. We, a, a, that's probably not part of this process yet, huh? Of uh, he, he might have said something in court today. I didn't see the, uh, okay. the court hearing. All right, that's Brad Williams. I'll give him. Uh, you got fourteen seconds. You better. Seconds. You have to sprint to the. No, I'm just Woo. kidding. Uh, Brad Williams got to do the news here in a minute. When we come back, I'm going to have Aaron Waldhart, the executive director at Wafer, on. They've got a big thing going on Saturday for anyone who is, I guess, just it just needs it. And it's going to happen. We can talk about that with Aaron. And just uh, I want to talk about the food pantry in general and how, obviously, we've gone through what we've gone through for the past two years. We should almost start saying, uh, we should almost stop naming it the pandemic. We shouldn't name it anymore. We shouldn't even get it. It's got to be, it's like Voldemort. We can't, ooh, I said his name. Um, but uh, we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't say the pandemic or um, the you know Delta virus. We shouldn't say those things. Uh, anyway, Aaron's going to come on. Brad's got to do the news. I think uh, he should be there by now. We'll be back after this. It's that time. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We'll make it the text line for now. If you want to call, bottom half of the hour, feel free. 608-785-7914. On the phone with me now is Erin Waldhart. She's the executive director at Wafer, the food pantry here in La Crosse. She's been doing that the past nine years. Erin, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Do you? Does this song put you kind of in a jolly mood? I don't know if you're a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation fan or not. I am definitely. So uh, that makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, and you guys are kind of... Uh, you at Wafer are kind of uh, in the giving mood uh, well, all the time, but especially on Saturday, you, you have what I think, are you calling it a food fair? Because I think you need to expand the name if you're giving out toys and, and household goods. Yeah, so uh, for a long time, we've been holding an event for the, last, for the fourth Saturday of the month. Uh, it was named the food fair. Not sure why it was there before I came. 
And basically what it is is just an extra distribution during the month on a Saturday. So that works out well for a lot of working families. But I was approached by Feed the Children out of Oklahoma. It's an international anti-hunger organization. And they asked if we'd be willing to accept a semi-truck of product, dry goods, personal care, home essentials, toys, and books. And we decided to pair it with this upcoming event on Saturday and are super excited for all that that means for our community. Okay. So is there any, you know, hey, we're going to do this for you. So you got, you know, do you, you, or they just, I mean, that seems a little weird. Hey, we want to give you all this stuff, but obviously you're a food pantry and there are organizations that do this. Yeah. Basically what my contact said was they have a donor that wants to bless people and all they asked for in return was some pictures. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that's, that's on, I guess, you know, if you need me to come, I can come take pictures. Um, but from 10 to okay. noon, so it's going real quick from 10 to noon at Wafer on 403 Causeway Boulevard. There's a link on the website, uh, to, uh, to a map on our website, wisdomnews.com. I, I put the story up, but, um, yeah. You, and you've been doing this. Have you been doing this all the time? The fourth, uh, fourth Saturday of each month? Yes. Or, well, or, so this is the third Saturday. I just wanted to clarify that um, because of Christmas holiday next weekend. But, yep, it's usually the fourth Saturday of the month. Okay, so it always happens. It's not just like a pandemic thing? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, who would have known? I should have probably known that. You should have probably... <laughs> Hey Rick, don't ask that question. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's great. I, it, you know, and next, and you know, in a month, you just tell me, and I'll I'll let people know because I'll probably forget because I'm a pretty forgetful guy. Um, I, I was saying, I was joking before I brought you on that we probably shouldn't name it. We shouldn't name the pandemic. We shouldn't say any anymore. Maybe it'll go away. But uh, obviously, the way for food pantry, you guys would definitely be the a place where you can see the real impact of. Uh, what we've been going through for the last two years. Can you can you just talk about that a little bit? And, and you know, uh, you, you probably anticipated that uh, early on, but it, has, it, has it been pretty steady where, where people are just really in need of, of what you guys are providing? Yeah, you know, when I compare um, the last year and a half to, you know, the, the early years in my career at Wafer, um, the the big things that I pick out of that are, you know, what what we saw is families that hadn't needed us for quite a while. So for even 10 years, they hadn't used our services. Another change was, you know, all of a sudden people found them in a, themselves in a position that they hadn't been in before asking for help. Uh, and then I guess the third thing that I would say is um, because we've had such generous donors and because of our government commodities program, we were able to relax our visit requirements, our restrictions, excuse me. Um, so prior to the pandemic, we were offering one food package per month. Depending on situations, you know, if somebody had an emergency, they could maybe come two or three times. Those things were kind of limited, though. And so for the last year and a half, we've been offering up to two, two complete food packages per month, and that doesn't include the Saturday giveaway. Um, and then we relax it even further to once a week. And so you, you, there are people that are taking advantage of that. So we, we, when I look back at our stats, we were maybe averaging 10 to 15 families that would need that extra assistance during the month. Last month, I think we had over 200. Oh, wow. That's, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it's one of the things, too, that, I, you know, I, I, I feel like, as a community, you know, everyone kind of 
the, the, everyone feels like it, it, we're okay, but there there is this increase. That, I, clearly, if you go from 15 to 200, there is this like giant increase of need in the community that we just don't see. Is there a way to like? Uh, is there a, you know that's that's one way to quantify it, Aaron is going from uh, people and people that are coming to Wayford, if, if, you know, 15 at a time, and now it's at 200. Are there other ways to convey? that uh, may, a lot of people are struggling or a lot more people are struggling out there? Um, well, you know, one of the things that I look at is this past week, our mobile pantry manager, Tony, he coordinated with a rural community. Uh, he's a, he, You know, he takes the mobile pantry out, but there was a group of families that just were not getting all the assistance that they really needed. And so he was able to coordinate with a community stakeholder to arrange a a special drop-off. And so when I think about, you know, there a lot of people have been hurt in the last year and a half, and it's not exclusive to, you know, in the city. Sure, it might be a little bit more visible in the city, but the rural areas are particularly difficult. If you don't have transportation, you can't get to us, you can't get to our mobile pantry site, you can't get to a grocery store. Uh, so the, the rural areas are struggling with different needs than maybe somebody that lived within the city of lacrosse yeah definitely and i feel like a lot of people just either might not know that this exists or that this is there for them uh do you want to maybe i should have started with this but uh aaron waldhart with us executive director at wafer maybe aaron can you just break down what wafer does and and people so people understand like oh you know what i i actually probably could use wafer in my life i maybe i should go and check it out yeah, so most people think that, you know, we're just food distribution. And while we are that, uh, we're so much more than just that. So, you know, we offer food packages at our, our regular ma- our main location on Causeway Boulevard, uh, you know, just off downtown La Crosse. Um, but we also have other services, too, like we have a program for seniors who maybe have transportation or physical limitation barriers that prevent them from getting to us. So we have a food package delivery for seniors. And then our mobile pantry visits 18 different sites throughout the county, um, hitting, you know, low-income housing, apartment complexes, uh, wherever there's a large group of people that we can reach, uh, that's where we aim to stop. Uh, We also offer nutrition education. So if you're having a hard time putting meals together or trying to eat healthier, you know, we have great programming for that. We've got some great partners with UW Extension. Um, those are kind of like the, the the big ones. And so I would just encourage people to go to our website and take a look at all that we do offer. You know, the phone calls that I, I get quite frequently are, how do I know if I'm eligible? Well, if you need food, you're eligible. <laughs> you know, yeah, we do have some federal guidelines that we follow, but we're also aware that sometimes people fall out of those financial guidelines because of circumstances and if you're hungry and you tell us you're hungry and you need help we'll help you yeah definitely um as and there, you must get this a lot too I, I i get this with other with other groups that i talk to uh um let's do the uh the honor flights for example the honor flights take veterans to washington dc to see the memorials there and a lot of times veterans will say i don't even want to i don't want i i don't deserve to go on there i didn't see combat uh, let the guys that that are more deserving go, and it's one of them deals. You're like, no, you're a veteran. You you get to just put your name down. We're gonna take it. We're gonna take everyone that can go. Um, do you get people at Wafer that you know? I I don't 
I don't want to, I don't want the handout. I don't want the freebie. And then, you know, they're probably hurting themselves or their families uh, by not doing this when, when really uh, there's, they shouldn't feel guilty about coming the wafer for help. Definitely. I think the area that it's most prevalent to us is within the senior population with our senior delivery program, you know, I've been on the receiving end of a call of somebody saying, you know, I, I'm receiving this box and I, I don't think I should. Uh, there's other people that need it more than I do. And I remember this one conversation that I had with an older woman and she told me that her son didn't think that she should be using the services. And I, you know, I asked her, you know, is this helpful to you? And she said it is. And I said, well, then you should continue using it. Well, I'm sure there's somebody else that needs it more than I do. And I just told her, we, we have enough. It's, it's not an issue of scarcity. There's plenty to go around. If it's helping you, then you should use this service. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you ever not had enough? I mean, especially maybe over the last year and a half, has it ever been like, wow, we're really, we're really hurting here? I think there's certain areas that we hurt in. Uh, like, for instance, today, our produce coolers were empty. <laughs> I, I was just wowed. We usually have three to four, you know, big double-door coolers that are full of produce, and today was gone. Uh, that's weird. So things like that have re- happen every once in a while. Um, but we always have we always have plenty of canned goods. You know, our community is very generous. What we don't get in government commodities, we get through donations or from people sending us money to buy the things that we need. And, you know, we, we have a really great resources that allow us to get product at less of a cost than you might see in the grocery store, like our partner, our Feeding America Food Bank in Rochester, Channel One Food Bank. You know, we can get cereal from them for like 18 cents a box. You know, other product just at really great prices. We go through warehouses and other um, larger inventory. I don't, I don't have the word for it, but sort of like warehouses, but maybe a broker who is able to get get product at you know, a less of a cost than it would be to purchase locally. Now you say eighteen sacks a box. Is this like the frosted flakes, or are you getting like the you know the white uh, crusties? You know what I mean. You're getting the the, the generics here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, it's good stuff. You know, like <laughs> like off-brand Cheerios or shredded wheat or, you know, it's it's not sugary cereal. Um, we're speaking with Aaron Waldhart, the executive director at Wafer. Uh, yeah, I've talked to Shelly Fortner at Hunger Task Force about this, too. The idea that if you're going to give, you'll take, you know, you'll take the food donations. But if, if I'm going to, Aaron, if I'm going to go to the grocery store and pick up, you know, some some canned goods or whatever, and within the intention of bringing them down to wafer, the better idea, right, would be to just go down to wafer and, and hand over the, the five bucks or whatever? Well, sort of. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I like to talk about is every every donor needs to be satisfied with the way that they're giving. And so for some people, it is going to the grocery store and buying those canned goods and dropping it off. Like, they want to do that tangible thing, and that's great. Uh you know, the other thing that happens when you go to the grocery store and you buy the things that you like, it's different than what we normally have. So people get something a little bit different. Maybe, you know, <laughs> the one that comes to mind is uh, we often buy just uh, creamy peanut butter. And I remember one time we had crunchy peanut butter. And, oh, my gosh, you'd think that these people were getting, 
getting handed a whole handful of gold. They were just so thrilled by that. So, I mean, it's, it's a sort of, you know, yeah, we can make your money go fast farther, but, but also there is that variety that we're not able to offer when we buy things in bulk. Well, who's doing your shopping? I feel like you need to put Crunchy Peter. Did you add? Did, have you added Crunchy Peanut Butter to the list now, Aaron? Um, no, I, uh, I do the buying, <laughs> and it's usually I I look for the best deal. You know, to me, peanut butter is peanut butter. If we can get the same price on Crunchy or Creamy, sure, I'll get Crunchy. But um, you know, it's looking for the best deal, how we can make our money go the farthest. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to say that's probably what you're doing. Okay, on top of everything else, Aaron. Um, you know, people that need to go use the food pantry, can they should feel welcome to go do that or go on the website and, and just check. Are there a lot of stipulations for how I need to, um, for, for getting in there and, and having, you know, being able to, to get stuff? Not really. Uh, because we're a government commodity outlet, our service territory is La Crosse County. Uh, but we don't turn people away when they, you know, if we would have somebody from a, a neighboring county come to us, we would serve them and then just, help them find their local food pantry. Um, there are financial requirements, but again, if you're hungry and you come to us, we will serve you. Uh, it's pretty easy. Come with photo ID, and, you know, it's a pretty slick process. The, the first visit takes a little bit longer because we're going to ask you some more questions about, you know, like who lives in your household to make sure that we give you a food package that's the right size for your family. But then after that, when you come back, you just show your ID, and if everything's current, the process takes less than five minutes. And what's going on on Saturday, the food fair, where you're having uh, household goods, uh, food, obviously, and then some toys and books. You're also you you've somebody has donated or a group has donated for you. Uh, that's that's just pull your car up. And you're going to throw some of that stuff in the trunk, right? There's nothing. That's all there is to it on Saturday, right? Yeah. So this is not government commodities. There's no rules with this. It's basically if you're in need, just come and we'll help you. The only thing that we ask for is an ID. Um, just so that we can keep track of how many people we really do serve. It's pretty right. simple. Yeah, all right. That's happening from 10 to noon, 403 Causeway Boulevard. If you, I don't know who's going to remember that two days from now, but just go to go to the Wafer website. Just just Google Wafer Lacrosse, and you'll you'll figure it out from there. Just remember, 10 to noon. If you're if anyone out there uh, needs needs some of this stuff, the last thing, Aaron. I know on top of everything else, where people are in need, you're always in need of volunteers, right? Do you need people to come in and, and help out? Of course, we do. Our greatest need is in, in the evening, so we're open three evenings a week, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, from 3.30 until 8 for volunteers. Uh, and that is kind of one of the areas that we hurt the most. Uh, frequently, we'll just have only maybe one or two volunteers. So, um, you know, it's been a little bit better lately because I started begging people. <laughs> um, but, you know, getting in some regular help in the evenings would really help the evening staff and, and provide better service to our people. Is there any stipulation to be, to be a volunteer? I mean, if I feel like we can make a 16-year-old kid do all the heavy lifting, but can you have 16-year-old kids come in? Of course. Uh, we just, for children, we ask that anybody under the age of 14 comes with mom or dad or an 18-year-old, somebody that can work with them. But otherwise, if you have a 14-year-old that wants to help out, we'll take them. <laughs> all right. That's Erin Waldhart. She's the executive director at Wafer. Going on Saturday, 10 to noon, uh, a, a food fair, but you're getting food, household items, uh, toys. Aaron, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep, bye. All right. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news, and we'll see what kind of trouble we get on to. If you want to give me a text, shoot me a call. 
Shoot me a text. Give me a call. 608-785-7914. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. Scott's comment, pretty interesting about that north-south corridor. is one of the things I kind of wanted to bring up. Finally, the DOT, which was just like indefinite plan that we're going to someday do this north-south corridor through the marsh. And probably a lot of people are like, yeah, we should do that. I'd love to have a faster road down the middle of the city. I can get to Onalaska four minutes faster or get to lacrosse from Onalaska four minutes faster. We do have, we do, I feel like we are pretty spoiled here. I mean, you're all driving right now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you're driving right now. 541 is this rush hour in lacrosse. And uh, you're probably hitting that stoplight twice. I know when I leave here, some days I got to leave here pretty quickly because I got to get the volleyball. And, I'll hit that stoplight where I want a roundabout, where the city hall is, and you know, is it the is it a Burger King kind of right there? That stoplight. So there's turnouts. It's not even that bad of a stoplight, but if I hit that light twice because the line is so long or somebody's on their phone and doesn't hit that left turn arrow, man, am I pissed? <laughs> and, and it's like what a minute, maybe a minute and a half, maybe it's not even a minute of my life where I just, I'm the first, I'm the first one to not hit that light. And I sit there for another minute stewing about how that person must've been on their cell phone texting and didn't see the the green turn arrow right away, triggering the light to, to flip back uh, to yellow before everybody in line gets to it. Uh, That's, that's how spoiled we are here because if you lived anywhere, uh, you know, Minneapolis, driving through Minneapolis, driving through Milwaukee, driving through Madison, uh, did that did that a uh, couple weeks ago or last week I guess and it wasn't even it was it wasn't even really rush hour per se it was middle of the day but traffic is awful <laughs> and trying to get to an event so the traffic was probably a little bit worse than it was at that time trying to get to volleyball that's what I was doing and uh, you know just navigating through Madison because it's it's unfamiliar for one so you kind of have to depend on. Uh, the map, I don't know how you people drove before the car just didn't tell you where to go on the map on the dashboard. How'd you guys do it? Did you hold the map on the steering wheel? I mean, I had to experience that a little bit, but I just, I didn't go anywhere. I mean, I didn't, I never was really a person that stopped at the gas station to ask for directions. There's always that trope uh, on TV shows and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know how you guys did it. Map out your draw draw on your map is that what you did maybe i I feel like you don't want to do it permanently um anyway so i saw this too the wisconsin state patrol shared a picture of a semi that just blew over on i-94 at midnight uh in eau claire county that was pretty crazy just blew over just whoop um you guys anyone else experience anything Uh, obviously probably didn't have a car in your driveway blow over but if you did let me know i know when uh, the girlfriend was leaving to go to work, heading down the driveway, and I even thought about it. I'm like, ah, I should go down and just check check on the driveway. I, I did turn the lights on and, and just watch the wind blow the trees above my house and just was really nervous about 
uh, I was sitting upstairs too. I probably shouldn't have been sitting upstairs, but sitting upstairs right by all these giant trees that are, cause I live in the woods, uh, blowing and, and, you know, any one of them at any point in time could just smash through the roof and probably just destroyed me. Right. Uh, a little nervous about that. Not that nervous, however, to, uh, to negate my ability to be able to watch Netflix Seinfeld at midnight while the wind howls through. But, uh, yeah, early this morning and get a phone call. It's the girlfriend in the driveway. She can't, she can't get down the driveway because a giant tree was laying across the middle of the driveway. And of course my chainsaw chain is broke. Anyone know where to get a good chainsaw chain? Uh, I just, I went to Home Depot and the girl there didn't have any idea. <laughs> I don't know which chain you need. I haven't, I don't, I have zero chainsaw experience people. Uh, so now a chainsaw is broken and it just doesn't get fixed until I maybe, I, I th- maybe I'll go to Blaine's and see if, if, if somebody there can figure it out. Um, but yeah, so the chain, so I'm moving this giant tree manually. Uh, luckily it was a dead tree, so it was pretty heavy still, but it was broken three pieces. So I was able to move the three pieces. The girlfriend was able to move uh, some of the pieces too. So it wasn't like feats of strength. She's pretty strong. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I don't know. It's the, the, seen seen a lot of that on Facebook as well just the um you know worse than that right i i lucked out nothing happened a tree a dead tree fell across my driveway where meanwhile other people uh even the semi driver in i94 where his uh truck just tips over but we're seeing we're seeing pictures all over the place right of of people losing their home and um or just uh you know rotary lights perfect example right like the whole community is affected by, by this. I think my parents were going to come here this weekend, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to go check out rotary lights." I'm like, ah, we might not be able to check out rotary lights. So, uh, National Weather Service confirmed a tornado, tornadoes in Nielsville and Lewiston. So there was that. Um, yeah, a lot of weather events. Uh, we talked to Todd Shea with the National Weather Service yesterday to start the show, and the. Uh, I, I didn't want to bug him today yet at this point, but I might do that tomorrow before just to get an idea of, he was saying this was historic, unprecedented weather for uh, this far north in the middle of December. And, you know, that those are always the predictions. So did the prediction come to fruition? I think it did. The National Weather Service, they, this is on our website, if I can find the right tab. Uh, they did. Sh- oh yeah, I got to go to the website. Oh, I just I hit too many tabs. Um, they did share the uh, the like wind totals and who had the the highest wind. And I I won't be able to tell you where exactly this is, but it's on I ninety. Maybe somebody will know. But junction with uh, County Road seven and Milepost two twenty six. I guess I could Google map that and figure out where that is. But that was the highest wind from. The from last night or this morning, however you want to put that. No, it wasn't. Sorry, Rochester Airport. It's been big letters on the top. Rochester Airport, uh, Olmstead, one hundred twelve hundred ninety eight feet. So Olmstead County, we're at the elevation twelve ninety eight. Is that what we're doing there? And the wind, uh, the peak wind over a twelve hour period, seventy seven miles per hour. Man, that's crazy. And then there were two other seventy mile per hour winds. I would guess because the uh, the one was in Rochester, I guess. The other one says Casson. So there was one at uh, I-90 and County Road 7, 74 miles per hour. And then Casson was 72 miles per hour. I would, I would imagine those are uh, 
more Minnesota. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to. They're, they're not exactly familiar. So there's Lancaster, 57 miles per hour. Rochester, another Rochester, 57 miles per hour. Nasita, 53 miles per hour. Where's Lacrosse? There's Lacrosse Regional Airport, only 68, and we only got 68 miles. <laughs> That's so fast. Um, so 77 was the high. Lacrosse Regional Airport hit at 68 miles per hour. Uh, on Alaska, down to 55 miles per hour. Wherever they're measuring, it just says on Alaska. I'm not exactly sure where the National Weather Service measures. There, uh, Sparta, Fort McCoy Airport, 56 miles per hour. Um, Wabasha, 57 miles per hour. So it's pretty far north there, um, but pretty equal to what we were seeing elsewhere. Um, yeah, so I don't know. If anyone was affected, let me know. I just uh, Or send me a pic. You could text me a picture be pretty interesting we might even use it on the website uh got a couple of those this morning from from some people um the uh a barn in in holman pretty roughed up got got texts from some some co-workers here uh just a bar like totally i say pretty roughed up i mean it's done like half of the thing is gone and then it's like as the pictures go as they're driving down the road, you can keep seeing the barn just down the road. It's pretty devastating. Can't imagine uh, people having to endure that. It's, it sucks. Uh, and we're seeing this all over the Midwest right now. We, we have it in our area. We're affected by it. But before that, it was just south of us uh, with all those tornadoes. So, um, yeah. And, you know, right right along those same lines, Aaron Waldhart with the, exec, uh, the executive director at Wafer. Same thing, right? People in a different perspective, and maybe other people that are that are affected by the weather now might actually have to, uh, as they as they, uh, you know, maybe lose their homes or, or have to rebuild, might have to take advantage of this. But we 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 see this now in our community, and we're like, oh yeah, look at that. Uh, this isn't something that is happening over there, so to speak. It's ac- actually happening right here. All right, I got to take one more break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Wish it would snow now. I guess we probably got to hold off on the snow. It's always weird to play Christmas music when there isn't really snow on the ground. 70 degrees. I can't believe we almost hit 70 degrees yesterday. It was a little bit of a shock stepping outside. I opened the windows because I'm a crazy person that keeps the thermostat in the house at 59 to the detriment of everybody. Well, one other person in the house. The dogs love it. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a head case in that regard, but so we have a little temperature thing that shows the temperature outside and inside. And I'm like, wow, it's one degree warmer outside than it, at the time when I looked. Uh, so I, I opened the, 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 the couple of windows, opened the screen door. Actually, I didn't open the screen. Door. I just opened the door. Cause I'm like, well, there's no bugs. Right. Although I did see a couple of bugs felt bad for those bugs. Like they, I don't know, however they come back, <laughs> they're just like. Hey, congratulations, you're going to be alive for a day. Um, but yeah, let the dogs kind of roam around in and outside. And uh, 69 degrees, it was really weird just stepping outside and being like, waiting for that shock as I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, waiting for that like, oh, cold, wow, get inside. And I was like, oh, actually, pretty nice. Pretty nice. I set a record. I broke a, a hun- what was it, a 98-year-old record for the hottest day in December, and then hot, the hottest day of, like, December 15th, the hottest of that day, a 98-year-old record, and then broke it by, like, 15 degrees, I think it was, 15 or so degrees. Pretty crazy. Um, 
Crazy weather events. Gee, I wonder why those are happening. Number three is calling in. Number three. Go ahead. That, girl, that girlfriend of yours must really love you if she'll live with you and your house is set at 59 degrees. Well, I think she sneaks it up to 61 sometimes because every once in a while I catch it at 61. Well, good for her. Is that still, that's probably still too cold, right? 61. I keep mine at 70. You keep yours at 70? Well. Right. Of course, I'm an old man. I want a little warmth, you know. Well, I don't know. I feel like you should be tougher than that. I feel like 70 is a little, little, little warm. <laughs> My tough days are all over with. <laughs> but you, but you like it at seventy. This isn't that your wife likes it at seventy. You wouldn't mind it at sixty-five, right? You got an electric blanket. Yeah. Give as long her... as she don't play with the controls on my side, we're okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Carry yeah. on, my friend. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, seventy. Seventy. So when I go to my parents, if I stay at my parents for the weekend, I will sneak the thermostat down a little bit. I will. And then my and then my dad's like, "What the hell?" And gets up in the morning. It's it's like freezing cold in the house. Um, all right, that's going to do it. Tomorrow, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski is going to join us. Man, what? Where do you want to go? Like Wisconsin politics, everything that's happening there, uh, the the PowerPoint and the Fox News emails and everything that's happening with that January sixth commission. It's just they probably need like a four hour show tomorrow.